0: building great leadership teams. Jack McGinnis, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me, John.
0: It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the Chesapeake Bay area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah, and today we're going to be talking about your recent book, Building Great Leadership Teams. This is really, you know, my area of focus and interest as well. So I imagine we could talk for hours and hours and hours. We're going to I try to dis- we're going to try to distill that down into thirty minutes or less. Uh, okay. So this will be a, a nice challenge. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to share Jack's bio with everybody. Jack McGinnis is co-founder of Relationship Impact, a consulting firm focused on working with CEOs to unleash the full potential of their leadership teams. His experience as a management consultant, CEO of a contract packaging company, and co-founder of RI influences his efforts to help organizations build great leadership teams. I love that. Uh, Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on any further?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. The the background really is uh, is sort of... um, uh, foundational for why I do what I do right now. It's you know I have some military experience early on. I learned some. Uh, I was a junior military officer, and you know, and I, I kind of learned some of the fundamentals of being a um, you know in the in the uh, in the infantry of 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 leading uh, soldiers at an early age. I learned I learned very quickly what not to do, and 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 also what to do. So I had some great great uh, foundational experience there at an early age. And you know, my experience in helping start a management consulting firm with a guy who was about 15 years older than me was really cool, too, because it gave me the uh, an ability to uh, learn how to build something from nothing while also learning how to be a c- good consultant, management consultant and uh, both you know, challenging endeavors. But I-, I liked both parts of that. Um, and it 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 gave me some uh, a breath of of clients that i had worked with and and a, and an empathy for dealing with business owners who are building their own you know businesses as well and then i built uh, i start i i bought a contract packaging company uh after i i cashed out of that firm and and uh and that had some great experiences too because uh, we 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 got some brought in some new clients bought some new equipment were way over leveraged uh, and cocky and really really self-assured that we could fix things and we you know we did a pretty good job fixing things until the financial crisis hit and we went bankrupt so uh, I learned a lot from that experience as well and and I think all of those kind of experiences together gave you know give me some you know, a unique perspective, I believe, on, on, um, you know, what it takes to build a great leadership team. And it gives me an empathetic approach uh, to being direct, but also having some compassion for the trials and tribulations of, uh, of, of growing an
0: organization. I love that background. And it's great to have diverse backgrounds as we enter this space, because no two organizations are alike. I mean, you could take same industry, same types of products and services, similar customer base. Uh, I mean, you could have a list off all the similarities between two organizations, but the reality is every organization is unique because they have, there are a different combination of people and, and interpersonal dynamics and organizational systems and structures. And all of that leads to, you know, just the need for us to be flexible and adaptable in our leadership approach. So there's no one size fits all to this uh, as much as, you know, some would try to, to suggest or claim. And uh, and we just have to lean into the complexity and the messiness of just the reality of when you get human beings together, it's going to be complex and messy, right? Uh, and and that's, that's where the fun of leadership is, though, because there's no, you know, guidebook specifically, you know, you and I write books. And so we try to provide some guidance, and we try to provide some some perspectives, uh, some key principles, those sorts of things. But there's, there's no, um, you you know, user's manual for running an organization (laughs) because they're all just so darn unique. I,
1: I I agree. It's the reason I, you know, when I was doing some, you know, just due diligence on you, I, you know, I, I, I was, I was struck by your book, um, blue Indigo leadership and, uh, the, the the caption on there or, or the right up in the back of the book is really powerful. It's just like, there's no one size fits all. Um, and it's really
0: about principles
1: and, uh, that's why I bought it.
0: (laughs) Thank you for that. And, and again, we're here today really to talk about your book. And, and I always ask when I have a guest on to talk about a a book, you know, I I like to find out a little bit about the origin story of the book, um, because, because, you know, there's, there's a thousand leadership books out there and, and, books about effective organizations and teams and such. Um, So there's tons of material. um, But like you, I also, you know, I I tend to put out about a book a year. And and this is something I I write in this space. I speak in this space. It's something I'm always thinking about. Um, Why this book for you? Why now? And what do you feel like is the unique contribution of this? And then we'll get into some of the details of, of what you talk about in the book.
1: Yeah, well, that that's that, yeah, obviously it's a great question. Um, you know, I'll I'll start with why I started writing <laughs> to begin with. Uh um when we we started this firm about 14 years ago. And uh it's as any company does, it morphs into different, you know, we started as something different, and about I'd say nine or 10 years ago, we we settled in on we'd we'd had worked with a couple of clients that were very much focused. Uh, where the work became very, very much focused on working with their executive teams. And we were like, Whoa, we, we have something unique to say. We have a cool point of view. They seem to be engaged in it. We're making some impact. So, you know, and uh, so in the midst of that, I was out to lunch with the CEO of this company. It was a uh, a guy after me a year after me at West point who started his own government contractor and killed it. And, uh, and uh, he said, he gave me some it's unsolicited, but really powerful advice. He said, you have to have a point of view. You guys have to have a point of view. It's not good enough to say you're a consulting firm like everybody else. And, and so I started writing and I started really shaping a point of view. And and, uh, and so the book is really um, a, a culmination of that, You know, the writings I did, I did a lot of writing for Chief Executive Magazine, still do but i was you know a few years ago i was like god you know i really should put this down you know cuz we have a pretty cool approach we have we have what we think is an interesting perspective um it's similar than other perspectives a little bit different than others but then when we started looking there's not a lot of books on building leadership teams there's a lot of books on building teams there's there's a couple uh and there's there's a bunch of stuff on teams but not a lot on leadership teams so so we felt like you know, we had something to say and, and, um, and that's really where that emanated from.
0: Yeah. Well, and can I just put a fine point on that? It's important to, to, to have that distinction of leadership teams, you know, do principles of good, effective teams apply to leadership teams in many cases? Yes. Right. But, A leadership team, like an executive leadership team, that is something that's fundamentally different than, you know, me being a middle manager with my team of specialists that do some function within the organization. Um, It's just a very different thing. And so focusing on executive leadership and, and those leadership teams where you're focused so much on the vision, the mission, the purpose, the high level strategy, those sorts of things. Um, it's just a different beast altogether. So I, I think there's definitely a niche there that needs to be addressed. Well, thank you. Yeah, we th- we thought so too. It's it is different. There's no there's no question about it. Well, good. So with a little bit of the ba- that backstory, and I, it resonates with me. Just the writing, and you know, I I I'm in the academic space, so I do a lot of academic research. You know, I do a lot of surveying and interviewing and statistical analysis. And then I write up a big paper and I get it published in a journal and like 10 people yeah. read it because nobody reads academic journals. And so at, s- <laughs> <laughs> at some point, and this was probably three or four years ago, I've, I've always dabbled in the practitioner space. I've done consulting work for a long time and I've dabbled in with writing in the practitioner space, but something shifted in my mind uh, three or four years ago. And I decided, you know what, I, I still need to do the academic um you know, peer reviewed journals, that's part of my expectation as a professor. So I still need to do that. But I need, you know, there's just not as many people that consume that. And so I but everything I do is very applied. And and all the research I do can, you know, I believe have big impacts in organizations. So I made the decision, I'm going to start writing articles for various practitioner oriented outlets with wide Uh distribution to get the ideas out there. There's, you know, hopefully move the needle a little bit and get the ideas to the end of the row so that, you know, leaders of organizations can actually do something with the research, you know, rather than waiting for 10 years, you know, for it to to kind of trickle down. And that has been a super rewarding and fulfilling thing for me um, over the last few years, as that's been a a heightened focus um, because we just, we just need to be able to, Um, to connect back to what matters. And, you know, sitting in the ivory tower and esoteric research and theory building and statistical analyses, while important, I'm a believer in the academic endeavor, you know, the impact of that is not going to be as great as if I can actually, you know, share those ideas with people who are living it day in and day out, trying to make it work. And that's where, that's where you come in as well. I I, I see your work in that same vein. It's research-based. It's, it's uh, found it has a foundation in, in rigor, but it also is, is written in a way that's digestible, understandable to the average leader in an organization. So they can actually do something with it and, and make a difference for their teams. So, so that's fantastic.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we believe that too. I, I really do. And and it's, uh, it's been good. I mean, you know, it was, it was uh, launched on Amazon on the 14th of June and got some good, you know, um, traction right away. And so it's, it's been, it's been a good experience, getting a lot of good feedback and stuff. A lot of kidding from my friends, of course, but
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right. Yeah. So let's dive in. Uh, sure. What What are some of those? I mean, obviously, we can't talk about everything, Uh, in this interview, but what are some of the highlights, some of those key takeaways that you would hope anyone who picks up your book that, you know, they, they, they spend, you know, a dedicated amount of time to, to read through it. What do you hope that they take away that they'll remember five years from now?
1: Yeah. So I, I, I think there's three things that to take away and you, you, you stole my thunder a little bit on the first one is that leadership teams are just different. They're, you know, being on a leadership team is different than running a functional unit, right? It, 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 you have to have a um, greater, good perspective. You, you know, to be a great leadership team member, you have to take the perspective of the organization now, not just your function. And oftentimes you have to put your organization ahead of your functional uh, responsibilities. And that you know, most of the time those things go hand in hand, but sometimes they don't, you know, reprioritization, for example, distribution of resource or allocation of resources. Those things uh, are are, um, you know, what we see is is a lot of um, fiefdoms, you know, like people protecting their own versus thinking about things from a from an organization wide perspective and what's good now and in the future for organizations, so we believe you know and that's just one thing uh, that distinguishes you know uh, leadership teams from other teams but it's a it's a really powerful one so I think uh, <clears throat> you know the the fact that leadership teams are different and that that leads to the next thing, which is great leadership teams have great structural foundation and structural foundation are things like do you have the right people with the right mindset on the team do they have that greater good mentality do they have a an ability to have foresight and think about more than just today or the next three months but but also uh future future facing for example so that's one structural another structural element is actually stepping back and saying, how do we want to operate this team? What are, what are the principles we want to guide this team by? How are we going to talk to each other? How are we going to talk to each other in the room? How are we going to deal with disagreement in this room? How are we going to deal with um, making critical decisions for the, for the good of the organization? Uh, another important structural thing is, is, what is it that the six, seven, eight, nine, five of us are supposed to be doing? working on together rather than just as functional leaders. We all have our functional assignments, the head of sales, the CFO, but there are important um, a cross-cutting organizational initiatives that are the responsibility of a good leadership team. You know, acquisition is one of those, you know, uh, we have a customer different, you know, a, a customer concentration problem. That's not just one department, that's the organization's challenge. So the, the leadership team is focused on that. So uh, Having a good structural foundation is really, really important. What we find is that most most organizations just throw a group of leaders together and call it a team, and then have report out sessions to the CEO. To the CEO. And that can work, but we don't believe it is as if it's taking advantage or leveraging the, the capabilities um, of of the collective wisdom of the leadership team. So that's that's number 2. So good structure is another thing. Yeah.
0: Man that's so important. <laughs> because uh otherwise if you don't have the structure in place and you don't institutionalize those mechanisms of effective teams and organizations then Really, you're dependent on the charisma of the leader or the personality, you know, of, the, of a particular leader and what happens when they leave, you know, good leadership requires you to have sustainability. It requires a leader to be able to work with people um, who could continue to function and function well, you know, if that, heaven forbid, that leader gets hit by a bus or has terminal uh, disease of some sort or whatever, like you need them to be able to carry on. And so many organizations just don't have that. And so they're so reliant on that, that individual, that personality. Um, they don't have the institutionalized system structures, the pro- the processes, practices, procedures. You mentioned some of those cultural elements that are so essential uh, just in terms of like, how do we, what are the norms and behaviors around how we communicate with each other, yeah. how we hold each other accountable. Yeah. Um, I, I'm doing some work with an organization right now and my goodness, they're a hot mess. <laughs> like, like their, their leadership team, like they, they, you know, it, it, it devolves into screaming matches. Um, they, they just are not on the same page on basic things. It is a mess. And you, you really can't do anything to fix that until you get back to the basics of just like, how do we communicate in a civil yeah. way so yeah. that we can make some progress? Okay. So, yeah, I just cannot you know, overemphasize the importance of, of what you just said to having a, a, an, any effective team, any effective organization, but particularly for a leadership team where you have highly experienced, highly skilled, often highly confident individuals, and they can butt heads. And unless you have those systems in place, it's going to be a big, big problem.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, I think you, hit, you, you hit, hit it on the head, you know, so it's leadership teams are different. They require, it requires stepping back and making sure We talk about what we want our leadership team to look like and do. (laughs) Um, And then finally, you know, the third thing that we believe is really important is the relational dynamics that reinforce the structure, right? And so relational dynamics are things like trust. Not so much do we like each other, but do we trust each other's capabilities and character um, so that we can have the hard conversations we need to have about the most important stuff the organization is facing without the passive aggressive stuff, without the lobbying, the CEO, after the meeting, without the defensiveness, without, without, and not without all of it, but without most of it, there's no perfect. Right. But, but productive dialogue is such a critical thing for, and it's probably people ask me all the time what's what gets in the way of leadership teams being as good as they can be. And I, and I believe you know, in my heart of hearts that the, the ability to have productive dialogue is really critical. And, you know, ultimately, the, 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 what we, the journey we take the organizations, uh, the leadership teams we work with through is to get them to a place where they can actually hold each other accountable without just the CEO in the room. And that requires trust. It requires the ability to have tough conversations, um without all the scarring and uh because there's too much going on there's too much for any one person to know (laughs) and and, uh so you know effective teams are 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 can be real real strong accelerators for any organization no question yeah that
0: that mutual accountability and trust is the foundation upon which those relationships happen in which those, that communication can occur. If we don't have that mutual accountability and trust, then we're, we're just going to be spinning our wheels. We're not going to be accomplishing much. And we're going to be super frustrated, uh, with each other. And we can't have those healthy relationships without it. I mean, every relationship, every, every healthy relationship is built upon a foundation of trust. Um, and, and that, you know, I mentioned this, this, this organization I'm working with, you know, their executive team's a hot mess. Um, I mean, that's the crux of the problems is they, they fundamentally do not trust each other. Um, And because of that, uh, they, they just demonize each other and they just can't get past, you know, these ideologies and these perceived, you know, chasms between, between them and, and, in large, I mean, there are some actual chasms, but in, in actuality, they're far closer together on most things than, you know, at me as an outsider coming in, I'm like, oh, you guys aren't really that far off from each other. Yet for them, you know, it's a hill they want to die on for some minute little detail. And so, you know, those things, we just have to build those relationships. We have to have trust from there. We build the systems uh, that can help us uh, to have a sustainable uh, leadership team. Uh, And then all of that comes back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier. Uh, Fantastic, Jack. I I think everything we've been uh, considering in this in this brief conversation uh which obviously is fleshed out more in your book um i would enc- encourage listeners to to really spend some more time thinking about and to to go check it out um because i don't i don't think we can spend enough time self reflecting on where we're at in relation to these core principles and topics where our teams are at, where our leadership teams are at. And it's only once we kind of hold up the mirror in front of ourselves and can, and critically self-reflect and understand where we're at, where perhaps the gaps are that we can put a plan in place to start to, to improve. And sometimes that means I need to change. That means I need to open my mind. That means I need to work to mend relationships. I need to work to build relationships of trust uh, other times it, it means I, you know, I become aware also of some toxic dynamics, you know, within in between individuals on my leadership team that needs to be addressed. Uh, and and sometimes that means you need to replace people. Um, you know, I, I like to try to work things out whenever possible, but sometimes you you need to have a, a shift, you know, who's sitting on the the seats on the bus. And so uh, let's just be thoughtful about that. And as we do that, I, I think we'll have better, more sustainable organizations. Where people feel empowered, where they have meaning and purpose, and where they can contribute in their best, most authentic way, well Jack, it has been a pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, uh, share where they can find your book and anything else you would like to share with listeners, and then we'll uh, and then the final word on the topic for today.
1: Sure so. Uh, you can find my book. Uh, I have a book site called greatleadershipteambook.com. Um, it's also on Amazon. If you just look up great leadership team, building great leadership teams and my website is relationship-impact.com. Uh, both, both are ways to access the book and, and Jonathan, I really appreciate your, uh, the opportunity to talk. And I guess the last word I would say is that the, the structural and relational dynamics are inextricably linked. If you have bad structure, it can lead to uh, misunderstanding and bad relational dynamics. And then you try to evolve the structure and people don't trust it. So it's hard. It makes it harder. So it's a it's sort of a vicious cycle. So step back, take a look. And uh, you don't necessarily need a consultant, but you do, You do. know, you can't just throw people together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Jack, it's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Jack and his team can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level